Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo, or at least one of them. It kind of depends, and probably some rando too. But no complaining, because this is free. Free! This is Beauty and the Beta bonus audio content. Hello and welcome to the show. I just recorded a guest appearance on Eddie Baller's YouTube channel. Eddie is a personal development and dating coach for men. He is a writer and he hosts a podcast which covers everything from the culture wars to how to be a better man. In this conversation, we talked about my latest Twitter spats, what's gone wrong with the left and how we can make the left great again which I hope we can someday. And lots and lots in between, of course. So if you like what you hear, and I hope that you will, check out Eddie's links in the podcast description and tell him I sent you if you do. Thanks for listening and enjoy. So we are on. I have Matt Christiansen. I don't think I'm saying that right. Christiansen. Christiansen. Yeah. It's a lot easier after you say it. Matt Christiansen <laughs> is on the air. And Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, I, I just discovered you recently, saw some awesome content, watched actually quite a few of your videos, mm. uh, which made the conversation I saw you have on Twitter more entertaining after seeing your videos, because you were called a far far right winger, right? Or a right wing enabler, something, something to that effect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the, unfortunately, I am involved in more Twitter spats than I should be. So yeah. they kind of run together. But the one I'm trying, uh, the one I think you're referencing, yeah, I was called, a, I think, a Republican shill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a few things they threw in there. Republican shell, far right wing yeah. enabler. I'm yeah. not sure what else. Uh, a dinosaur too. They called you a dinosaur. Didn't... Yeah, very interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Um, you know, they did. These people came at me mad about. Gosh, what what video were they mad about? Um, it was the one about the 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 Trump harassment hoaxes. Mm many of which uh, have been proven to be hoaxes, a lot of which I suspect to be hoaxes. But yeah. you know, I'm careful in qualifying my language. If I can't uh, support a statement, I'm not going to say it's for sure false. Anyway, they came at me not with uh, questions about some of the things I'd said. They came at me with name-calling and uh, just to discredit me with apparently my outdated political views, despite the fact that I have voted Democrat in every election of my life except for this one. <laughs> yeah, no, so, uh, that's interesting. You know, the fact that they, they, any, I think it's just because of the fact that the political spectrum has shifted so far left, yeah. That anybody that's not within that that extreme is going to be a right winger, right? Um, people have moved really far from the center. I think even on on their, well, it seems almost like the the right wingers have moved closer to center nowadays, but the the left has gone like kind of to extreme levels. So everybody who still considers themselves left or liberal is being called a right winger, like such as yourself. Like, I don't know what you, what you consider yourself at this time, but certainly you're not like a far right wing. Enabler. I'm going with politically homeless. Uh, uh, that's, that's what I'm going with right now. And the, the, it's, it's sort of strange. I don't, um, I guess I would be trending libertarian if I had to, uh, if I had to put a label on it, but I'm not sure that I can. I mean, there are a few reason I, reasons I always voted Democratic previously, one of which is I think they spoke to cultural libertarianism better than the Republican Party. It's like, I think yeah. you should be able to pretty much be who you want to be as long as you do whatever you want to do, as long as you're not harming other people. And to me, the Democratic Party spoke to that a little bit better on issues about, say, marriage equality or, you know, I, some of my views on abortion are changing, but I've always considered myself a, pro, a, a pro-choice person, for example. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the Democratic Party spoke a little bit better to that. Um, but they are not the culturally libertarian group anymore. No. They are culturally authoritarian. It will be, you will conform to our worldview or you will be ostracized and ridiculed and exiled and all these things. So, you know, I, I can't say I agree with um, social conservatives on a lot of things, but at the end of the day, they seem to agree more with the core values that I think are really important. And we're going to talk about, do we value free speech or not? Do we value presumption of innocence or not? Do we value the things in the Bill of Rights or not? Mm. Uh, if we can't agree on those things, everything else is kind of secondary to me. So that's why I've found much more, uh, found myself in having much more intellectually common areas with, um, with conservatives, I guess now, but certainly libertarians for sure. Do you think the right has moved more to the center now, uh, especially with all the push from the, the far left? It's hard to say. I mean, <laughs> I like that you use the the language of push there because that's really how I felt. I don't I don't necessarily feel like I was pulled to Trump mm. so much so by or or to the Republican Party so much so by him. Like it wasn't like he was such an attractive candidate. I just couldn't resist. It's more so like here's a forceful shove out of the left and uh, you know make do. You're kicked out onto the streets, the political streets, and figure it out when you get there. And that's really uh, how I feel about it. And Honestly, what you saw on Twitter is a, is a perfect demonstration of that. These are people that m might actually have a good amount of common uh, areas of agreement with me if mm -hmm. we sat down and talked about it. But instead, you know, it's name calling and it's it's immediate dismissal because I don't necessarily subscribe to the church of social justice. And it's, it's certainly religious at this point. I think a lot of these Trump hoaxes are exactly that. Hey, mm -hmm. don't ask for evidence. Look at it, listen and believe because this is the church of social justice. That's really the point we're at, I think. You, you pulled a hoax recently, too, didn't you? You sent a fake story to a journalist who, who ran it with no questions, no questions asked. It right. just there's a story about was it a, or actually you, you tell a story. I won't. Uh, go yeah, into so my that, that, that that's that was kind of the part of this video. And after the conversation you saw, the, that video got a little bit of, of traction and circulation. It, it got published in uh, Daily Caller and Heat Street and some other places. I didn't even I didn't pitch it to anybody. It just got picked up. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is exactly as you described. So I kind of took a look at if you turn on you know your mainstream news sources your nbc's your cnn's look at the new york times or whatever they're going to be reporting this figure uh it previously was 700 now it's like 900 900 trump harassment incidents since he since his election okay well what's the source on that the source is the southern poverty law center mm. which is uh, at this point a far left like extreme they they label other people extremists but i would consider them to be quite extreme so they have this report saying we're, we're tracking 900 incidents. Well, none of them are independently verifiable. Mm. None of them have a suspect being, uh, you know, in custody with the police. None of them, there's, there's not one that you can go look at and say, okay, here's a person who targeted a minority for harassment or a hate crime because they were motivated by Trump. There's not mm. one of them. And a lot, indeed, a lot of the source of their data is self submissions. Um, so you go to their their website, they've got a form you fill out and you submit it. Now, there was also a reporter for Mike who was doing that same thing on Twitter. Hey, are you a, a, a minority who was attacked by a Trump supporter? Send me your story if so. Okay, well, we can send her a story. That's I think that's interesting. Let's, let's see what kind of scrutiny gets applied to a story like this if we just 
send one. So one of my friends is just really good at these kind of trolly things and creating stories that are absurd but believable and that kind of stuff. So I had him craft one about someone who was allegedly kind of harassed, someone claiming to be a Native American who was harassed at a Starbucks. Uh, You can see the details of it on my channel if you want to check it out. But bottom line is, as you said, the, the reporter picked up this story and published it to Twitter. No questions asked. Mm. We, we created a false email to send it to her. She replied back in five minutes and said, hey, can I share this on social media? Not once did she ask for uh, any, any kind of follow-up. She didn't ask for any verification of it. She didn't ask for anything. Yeah. You would think even like, hey, can we do a quick phone call? I'd like to just pick your brain about it. And we'd be like, <laughs> if she did that, we'd be like, ah, we're busted because we're not Native American women. I mean, unless I want to put somebody I know on the phone and have them fake it, it'd be really hard. So any follow-up from her would have uh, neutralized this, but she didn't do that. The other interesting part of this story was the way he wrote it, there was no way to know that the person who allegedly did the harassing was a Trump supporter. Just kind of said, oh, a Trump supporter did this to me. Yeah. So he emailed back a couple days later and said, Oh, you know, I was telling this story to a friend of mine and she gave me a really good point. I don't know how the, I have no way to know that the guy who did this to me was a Trump supporter. I just assumed he was because he was a rude white male. So we gave the reporter kind of privately gave her, gave her good reason to doubt the accuracy of the story to see what would happen. Would she get rid of her publishing of it? Would she ask questions? Never even acknowledged it, left it up. Wow. And then people questioned her about this. This doesn't seem accurate. It seems made up. And then she would tweet them, you know, gifts of Obama being dismissive and saying, oh, look at your logic. And I mean, she had every reason in the world to know this was false. Yeah. And was still ripping people as though it was true. So it, it was just kind of an interesting case study. And I, I try to emphasize that it was one case. This, mm. But this is a person who is published in Huffington Post, in Vox, in um, vice, uh, the list goes on kind of all of these left wing online rags. Uh, she's published in all of them. So if that's the scrutiny that's necessary to get past somebody who's published in those places, you know, the sky's the limit for BS. You might be reading on a daily basis. Who knows? Yeah. And there's tons of it out there, right? Um, it seems like that's a real good sign of a, a an ideologue, right? Somebody who won't even retract a story once they know it's false. Like, yeah. no, 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 I'm, I'm just going to keep going because the story, it sounds good for what I already believe and what the people, you know, within my echo chamber want to read. So it's not, you know, there's no retractions here. And, and she took a lot of heat for it. And I, to the extent I almost felt kind of bad, like obviously her Twitter mentions blew up and all that stuff. I'm not going to let myself feel bad about it because you literally asked for it. Mm. You know, it's not like I went and pitched this story to someone out of the blue, like, Hey, you want to, I'm not, I'm not putting bait out there and seeing who bites. Yeah. You asked for the stories. We provided one and then you put it out there. So, you know, as of now, she finally deleted her tweet with that and all this stuff, but never acknowledged me, never talked to me, never said anything. Still mm. publishing these fake stories. <laughs> I assume they're fake anyway. They're not verifiable. So. I don't know. I don't know. There's a, just an astounding level of dishonesty um, from people publishing things at very large outlets. And mm. I find that troublesome. Yeah, it was like the the Rolling Stones uh, Ray Pokes, right? And all that kind of stuff. There was very little scrutiny put into these stories. Uh, Which one was that? I'm not familiar. Um, what was his actual name? It wasn't called the Rolling Stones uh, rape hoax. Um, 
bunch of students there were accused of raping a girl who made up a story about getting raped. And it was a Rolling Stones, you know, another journalist mm-hmm. who just put it up again with very little scrutiny. There was no evidence. Uh, the girl's own friends would not collaborate on the story, right? Wow. And they published it anyways. And there was, you know, of course, there was a, all the, the big explosion in the media, uh, you know, rape culture and all this kind of bullshit. But then it came out that this whole thing was completely fabricated. And this is published on a, a major on a major publication, right? Yeah. Lo- lots of eyes on it and just adding to the the fire about the, the nonsense with the rape culture nonsense. And it's, and it's awful. I mean, crying wolf punishes the real victim. I mean, the, the, every, people keep sending me stuff on Twitter. What do you think about this example? Of, Ooh, there's another handwritten note allegedly left on a car about how you're not welcome in this country because it's Trump's America now. Yeah. Because there's so many ridiculous ones, my default position has to be, I assume hoax mm. until there's evidence otherwise. And if there is someone who's being legitimately harassed, that sucks because I, I mean, this we have we have created... Uh, an environment in which I'm going to be extra doubtful of all these claims because so many of them are BS. And to your example on rape, exactly the same. Um, Obviously, I think we want to maintain a presumption of innocence, but I don't want to assume any rape accuser is just full of crap by default. No. However, because of people who do the kinds of things you're describing, you, you have to be more on guard than maybe is fair, certainly fair to someone who legitimately had something that awful committed against her or him. Mm-hmm. So that's who they're harming. You know, they're the, they're victimizing the people they claim to protect. It, it, I don't, I don't feel like it's my fault. You guys have done this, whatever. No, no, I agree. And, and it's also uh, along the lines of for, for real victims as well. It's funny because these people talk about rape culture or the Trump, uh, the Trump cases, um, the hate, hate crimes. They say how it's so difficult for a victim to come forward, right? But they're creating an environment where it's difficult for a victim yeah. to come forward. It, it was rid- ridiculous because when you put all this bullshit, when you make up stories and you make exaggerated claims, use lots of uh, hyperbole, um, and people stop believing legitimate uh, victims, legitimate victims aren't going to want to come forward because nobody's yeah. going to believe them, right? Well, and the thing, I mean, and I get that argument in the context of sexual assault, for example. I understand the difficulty of coming forward with a legitimate sexual assault committed against you. There's a stigma associated with that. It's very private. It's very personal. You might not want that out there. I do understand that in the context of like mean notes, which is the wave that's going around now, like handwritten notes about how you're not welcome here. Is there really a stigma associated with coming forward with that? Like if someone taped that to my door, I'd be like, what the hell? And I would post it on social media, not for, uh, sympathy, but for comedy. And of course, if I believed it to be credible, I would just go to the police and be like, I, I don't know why someone would want to do this, but you know, and, and when you, if you're, if you're publishing stuff on the internet, I've had plenty of threats made against me plenty. And, and I like to exploit them for comedy because they're almost always funny. But at the same time, I do know that, you know, someone who has my address or my information and all this stuff, they could swap me. They could do terrible. They could come to my house if they want. I just make sure yeah. I, I have protection for myself and I, I've, I've gone to the cops and said, you know, it's possible that someone would make a false emergency call about this residence. If that happens. Here's my information. You might want to call this phone number to double check. Yeah. That's all it takes. So did I experience any stigma from any of that stuff? None, none whatsoever. I mean, so, and certainly the, the threats made against me, I think are every 
I know they're going to, people rip on me. Oh, you're just a white male. You don't get it. Well, yeah, you're right. Maybe I don't know what it's like to be a woman of color, I guess, but the thread is very similar. So mm. protect yourself, contact the authorities and everything's fine. I don't really get it. Yeah. Well, like that, um, that video you had with a guy who was cutting the foam cup or trying to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Didn't do a very good job of it. But yeah, I mean, I, I, and actually, if you go back and I still believe that one to be kind of trolly or fake, it's hard to tell. I, I definitely have had some real, what I believe to be real threats made against me, but, um, but that one I think was like someone just trying to for the, yucks. Feed the yeah, just like doing it for the lulls kind of thing. I don't know. It's, we were talking about it. Um, I do a call-in podcast. Uh, we were talking about it this week. Uh, someone had mentioned, "Hey, it's been a, it's been a good while since you've received a good threat." Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, someone sends you one. So it makes for good there, videos. Yeah, and you're hearing this. You know, I haven't had a good one in a while, so I'm open for business. So, on the topic of people, like like the conversation you had on Twitter again, back to that that mm -hmm. conversation, being called a far right winger. Now, I actually kind of summarized it. First, you were called a far right winger, and you were you jumped in the conversation. I think you were actually arguing with the the female in that conversation already, um, and you told them that you uh, you voted voted for Democrats, and that's when he called you a liar and a Republican shill. Yeah. And you actually invited him on your show to discuss the whole thing. Oh yeah. Uh, but he turned it down and called your show an echo chamber, which is which is really funny. And you, isn't, isn't that great? Sorry to interrupt, but like an echo chamber that invites you to come talk about it. Exactly. Yeah, that's what it, how, how could that's you, the next part there. How can you not see the contradiction? Yeah. Yeah, th then he he asked you to be open and he blocked you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I I thought that was a really good illustration of the way people can kind of box themselves into a certain way of thinking and he might not he probably can't even see what he's doing to himself and the perspective he's kind of um yeah, advocating. Like he probably can't see how boxed in he is. But the fact that he's like immune to opinions from outside and immune to looking at something objectively, so he can make these absurd, absurd comments, calling you a right wing uh, Republican sh uh, shell and all that stuff, and even like calling your show an echo chamber, even though you were, and, you were and invited he also, on there. He also told me he he said something to me to to the effect of do something better with your life and help actual people. Well, first off, yeah, as opposed to helping who fake people, mannequins. Who do you help? Actual people. What do you mean? Second off. Uh, that guy learned of me five, 10 minutes before making that accusation. Now, of course he knows I have a YouTube channel. I make videos. I do this kind of, he knows nothing about the person. He knows nothing about what else I do in my life. He has no idea. And yet he, he's so insulated, so boxed up in that ideological world that you're describing that he feels he has sufficient information to conclude that I'm a terrible person who does not help anyone ever. Mm hmm. What? That's just wild. And again, this coming from the self-proclaimed tolerant side. Yeah. They'll always tell you how tolerant they are. Yeah. No, um, I think, I think it's very unlikely he even watched any of your videos. He probably just scanned your, the titles of your videos. Right. And he's looking for, I believe he would probably be looking for something specific that would relate from his perspective of what a racist is and what a, a right winger yeah. is. And which is interesting. Cause I always, um, I'm not one for sensationalism on YouTube. I, I don't like to do the like flashy thumbnails. I don't like to do misleading titles. 
I'll try to maybe put some stupid pun in there or something, but I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to give you a complete misrepresentation. So I would be interested to see. And that's kind of why I asked him too. like, you call me a liar. Well, quote me on a lie. Or, you know, if you think I make racist videos, can you, can you quote it? Maybe I, I you'd be, it's hard to find a racist title to my videos. You're going to actually listen to them. Mm. Um, but, and then he, he's, so I asked him, this this was another there's so much depth to this for a twitter conversation it's unreal so i don't know where these people come from but he said um he said you're a liar and then i said can you provide me with the lie mm-hmm. and he's and he said something like well there you go with the straw man that's not even the, how is that it's, a not straw even, man? it's not even an argument let alone a straw man yeah. it's a request for information i'm not mischaracterizing his argument i'm asking for information to substantiate his claim. Mm. And that is a logical fallacy in this guy's world. I, it's funny because he's at the same time, he's he's using a logical fallacy, like he's calling you out for a logical fallacy while using some sort of logical fallacy. I don't know what that would be called, but it's probably not even a lot. Log- like he, I don't even think he made it to the, the world of logical fallacies. He yeah. got so it's there was almost There's almost no reasoning to be had. I mean, this is... um. It, it's just a world of name calling and they try to get more sophisticated with it. It'll try to like dismiss you on the basis of your ideas, right? If you can characterize someone as a, as a Republican shill as he did, or as a white supremacist or all of these kind of buzzwords that they like to use. If you mm. can do that, if you can make that accusation, well then you can dismiss anything in the world that they might say, because after all those words came from a Republican shill or a white supremacist or someone we should never consider. And they still they still don't get the fact that <laughs> that that doesn't work. That argumentation doesn't work. People don't buy it. And dismissing people and name calling instead of listening and addressing the reasoning, even if you disagree with the reasoning, that's why you lost. Mm. That's why you lost in the election. So, you know, you want to come back. You want to beat Trump. You want to uh, you want to have more political power in terms of the direction of this country. Start listening. And, and it's pos- certainly possible that Trump is wrong. I don't mm-hmm. think he's a god. Lots of people think he's a god man who's going to save this country. I don't. Mm. I know he's wrong on a lot of things or doesn't have a deep understanding of a lot of things. So if you want to beat him, listen to him and take him on on the reasoning. Because guess what? There's a good chance you might win. His reasoning's not that solid often. You might no. beat him on the reasoning. Yeah, without using uh, hyperbole and uh, calling everyone uh, racist. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny too along the lines like for re- for them rebuilding and coming back. Bernie Sanders, in in the wake of his defeat, has been saying some intelligent things. Right, he's been saying some smart because he wants. He's like, oh, yeah, so that's re- that's rebuild. He's yeah. actually said stuff that has, and I, I can't quote him because I can't. I should have uh, brought up the quote earlier. But he's been called up by his own side because they don't like, you know, he's now he's the racist. Now he's the evil guy because he's saying stuff that makes sense. Uh, and he I, I feel for Bernie because even though, um, you know, in, in the early stages, I probably would have been a Bernie voter. I, in mm-hmm. fact, that's kind of how I plan to go. And over time, some of his ideas, I think I kind of fell away from in terms of how he views the way the economy should work and sort of what the appropriate role of government is. I think his idea of appropriate role of government is probably a little bit bigger than, than maybe mine would be at this point. However, still buy him as an intellectually honest guy, mm-hmm. still buy him uh, as a genuine guy, as a guy who's not lying and a guy who believes the things that he's saying. And I think most people do. He could have escaped with so much integrity in this election if he didn't sell out to the very thing he was trying to fight yeah, the corporate the corporate control 
of politicians in this country. I mean, he, he rallied against that, and then he signs on to their to their uh, poster girl, their poster woman, however you want to put it. Yeah. And the thing that sucks too is, I I always appreciated him for whether you think his policies are right or wrong. I think he has the interest of the American worker at heart. I think he believes that's who he's working for, and that's what he wants. That's who he wants to be. Who he wants to be a champion for. He he was forced into this identity politics crap too. If you remember that quote of his when he said in the debates, if you're white, you don't know what it means to be poor. Yeah. Oh. That was brutal. Oh. No, say it ain't so, Bernie. Uh, and then he went that direction. I mean, if we can ditch that crap and get back to talking about regular people, because mm-hmm. that's what Trump and Bernie shared. They just talked about regular people and the problems that regular people face. And they were able to do so convincingly. It seemed like Trump did a better job, though, because he communicated to people who feel like they've been they've been sold out. And then Bernie, with that comment, I think he probably alienated a lot of people who would otherwise support him. The poor white people who apparently don't exist. And (sighs) he just went off a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I wonder what will happen. Maybe he's I I guess he I don't know how many years are still left in his Senate term or his Uh, life. I mean, he's getting up there in age, so yeah. I don't know if his if this is the highest he will ascend politically. I wonder what's going to happen to Hillary too. I, I heard I saw a report yesterday of Joe Biden saying that Hillary's probably done in politics, mm-hmm. uh, as in she'll just kind of retire and never be heard from again. Which Thank I just God. don't buy. Well, I, I don't buy it. I think mm-hmm. I think she'll be back until she's dead, and possibly even after. I think <laughs> this is a, a zombie that is so entitled, feels so entitled to yeah. political power that um, I just don't see her going away. I don't think it's going to happen. It, it would be nice if she did go away, though, because then you could actually possibly put up a a decent candidate, right? Yeah. For the Democrats. If Oh, the, I, there's no way they're... I don't think any of them are stupid enough to run her again. The question is, are her connections and her corruption so deep that she would be able to kind of force her way in once again? I do. I hope not, because she is just toxic to the chances of the of the Democrats and the left. And I keep saying it, I want to make the left great again. And that's not even because I think they're right or I, I want them to win necessarily, but just because everything is better when you have two or more really great, well-reasoned positions competing. Like, you know, this time we had Trump and Hillary, which I don't think anybody would say was the peak of, um, I don't know, well-reasoned discourse. It was just kind of a, to me, this whole thing was a referendum on mean words and what bothers you more like political corruption or crude language 10 years ago, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But imagine if we had someone with a, a, a well-articulated philosophical passion for a little bit bigger, bigger government role in improving the life of the everyday American versus somebody who had a, a well-reasoned uh, philosophical approach about smaller government, for example. And they, they were both convincing and they were both intelligent. And, and I hope to get to this point, they both assume each other's good intentions. Mm. That will be amazing. That's what I want to restore. That, uh, we, we come at each other all the time now. With like, you're a Republican shill, so you're evil. No, how about we assume each other's good intentions? Yeah. You probably want good things. I probably want good things. Let's figure out what kind of common areas we have, because there might be some. Yeah, no, I agree. It'd be better to keep the demonizations out, right? But I think there's been so much vitriol spewed uh, people in general on both sides of the uh, political spectrum are in all the different shades in between, right? Uh, if you, it seems like if you're not on one side, then automatically you're, you're Hitler, 
right? Yes. And and for the other side, you're also you know you're Hitler or you're a cock or you know whatever, along those lines. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was kind of an interesting dynamic this election. That's I'm glad you used that language too, because that's as far as I could tell. You know, in my I've also made a lot of friends who are much further to the right than I have been historically, and that's been mm. fun. But the joke kind of is like, well, if you are to the left of Hitler, you are a cuck. Like anything <laughs> short of actual Nazi party membership, and you are a cuck. Uh, and so that was kind of fun too. But the one the one thing I did notice too is um, a lot of my alt right or you know kind of I guess you could say far right wing friends are still able to laugh at themselves and have a good joke. Like my liberal friends are not. Mm. Like their uh, humor has just been removed from the political left at this point, which is sort of strange because they used to be the ones who were all about it. You know, mm -hmm. I think of like the John Stewart era that like humor was almost the, almost monopolized by the political left. And now, like I said, it's church. Like you can't, you can't joke about any of their stuff or you're a terrible person. Mm -hmm. No humor, no thank you from my end. Like if you can't make jokes, I'm out. I, I, I don't want to live in that world. Humor's Sounds like the a best. Sounds like a feminist world. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. <It> sounds awful. <laughs> and that's what's so interesting, too. I love that. I mean, because I, I think so much of the time, have I actually changed that much or has the world kind of changed around me? There's a great debate happening for a lot of people who, whose political outlook has changed in the last year or two. But the one thing that's consistent, like I have opposed cultural policing as far as I can tell, like as far as my political worldview has existed, to be honest, like back, back in the day, you know, I want to play Grand Theft Auto. It was the, it was the church lady saying that's going to make you shoot up the schools. Well, yeah. it doesn't happen. And now you want to play Grand Theft Auto and it's Anita Sarkeesian saying, that's going to make you a sexist and a misogynist and hate women. No. How about I'll play my video games and be a good person on the side. Mm -hmm. Read the books you want, make the art you want play the video games you want, watch the movies you want, stop trying to police culture. And now the left is trying to do that. So until they stop doing that, they've lost me. Do you think that's a problem in the Muslim world? It's actually just too much Grand Theft Auto. And you know, people just haven't heard about it yet. They're actually playing this shit like every day. <laughs> well, you mean real life Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> or... It looks like that. The, the video game, because obviously video games are the epitome of evil and they're oh, the cause of oh, all gun violence. Oh, okay, I get you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they all just, okay. Yeah, like ISIS just played way too much GTA as, as when they were kids. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, totally possible. I mean, if the, if the reasoning follows, I always, um, the thing about, you talk about kind of or ideologies in which you can get entrenched. Um, and even, um, like the Somali immigrant kid who attacked at Ohio state this year, cause the, the conflict between kind of secular free Western culture and Islamic culture is the contrast is so great. And yeah. we, obviously we see a lot of attacks, uh, and to be fair, I mean, you can credibly argue both ways, although, I mean, we've had our military conflicts and we've had our terrorist conflicts. But I, I do find it amazing that, you know, like the 9-11 hijackers, this kid from Ohio State, um, Omar Mateen, the Pulse nightclub shooter, I think he was he was born here, but his parents were Afghans. So there was some mm -hmm. sort of immigration there. I just I, I find it amazing that they can come to, to free society with everything that it has to offer and they don't be like and then somehow it doesn't happen. They're like, this is this is pretty sweet. I 
this is a lot of fun. I don't really want to do that Islamic stuff anymore. Yeah. It's amazing to me. I mean, especially with the 9-11 hijackers, like they went to strip clubs and mm-hmm. they did all this crazy stuff. I mean, they had an awesome time mm. and then they went to go blow it all up. You know, it's to have an ideology that is so impenetrable that the that that contrast still wouldn't sway you. It's mm. kind of impressive. I don't get it, but um, I've not lived in that world, you know. No, it is impressive. That's it's a good point too. Like I, I always thought that as well. That if you came from like a shit country, uh, where you don't have liberties and, and freedom, and then you come to a country where you do, and like you said, these people were enjoying strip clubs and you know having a wild time parties and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure probably dating Western women and, and whatnot. But them all, but they're still they're still in this mindset where they could go hijack planes and crash them into buildings. It, it's pretty insane. Yeah. Right? But I, I wonder how many people do come from that world where there, there is that shift where they do integrate. They're like, holy shit, this is sweet. You know, let's get some more of this. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And I think there, I mean, obviously we have something like 3 million uh, Muslim citizens in the United States right now who the vast majority of whom are integrated and are pros- you know, prosperous, uh, productive members of society. And, I, and I'm totally fine with that. I think the one thing that I worry about is, is like the, there's globally anywhere this ideology goes, Islam goes, there is, uh, there are problems when it encounters free secular society. Mm -hmm. And there's, I I don't know what the percentages are. Obviously, I don't know if it's majority minority, but, but there's absolutely a certain segment of the people who practice this ideology who do not want to integrate into free secular society. They want to impose Islamic, uh, Islamic culture, Islamic law onto those societies. And you know, to be clear, I'm I'm absolutely fine with anybody from across the globe who wants to come to the U.S. to work hard and make it better uh, and shares our values. Absolutely, I want people to do that. I don't want people to come here and say, mm, you know, your your way of life, your culture, your constitution, your rule of law, those are cool, but <laughs> they're not as cool as Allah's law. So we're going to try to impose that here. No, thank you. No, thank you. You can have that elsewhere. That, that's, that's a trend. That's a trend everywhere. Sorry, I just interrupted you there. Yeah. No, go, go for it. I was saying that. Well, you you already mentioned it too, but that's a trend everywhere. Every time we have Muslim culture or large groups of Muslim people anywhere in the world, there always seems to be an encroachment on uh, democratic or liberal values, mm-hmm. right? See that in, in Europe. You know, it's it's pretty bad in Europe, uh, but even in the states or in Canada, not not so much here yet. But we've seen like signs of that, at least, and also with the violence from certain individuals. There's always an encroachment, and the more it seems like the bigger the population is, just by pure numbers, you know, logically by pure numbers, the more effect they have, the more influence they have, and they keep trying to push and remove uh, democratic, uh, liberal ideals and laws and replace them with the Sharia version. Yeah, and that's that's the counter that. I mean, the, one of the most, they always say politics makes strange bedfellows or whatever, but the most, the strangest of bedfellows is the social justice left and Islam, the marriage of those things, like the ultra progressives and Islam, because the vast majority of the Islamic world would be a place where everything that these progressives stand for, uh, in some cases is punishable by death, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm not saying that Islam can't exist necessarily, but it has to be kind of a secularized version to coexist in the value structure that the West has created. And so my question for these people always is, if you can show me on the map where everything is awesome, Stan is, then we'll take a look. I want to see like the Islamic 
world that is just like ours, right? Like democratic values, um, you know, free society, free economy, uh, where you can basically do and be whoever you want and rise or fall, you know, more or less on your own merits. All the stuff we think is awesome in Canada and the U.S. and the rest of the West. If you can show me on the map where that is in the Islamic world, then we can start talking. But and they went, oh, Indonesia, you know, some of these other places. Fact of the matter is. The places they point to are very commonly, Turkey is the other one I hear. Like Turkey's the best case example. Iraq was awesome before we <laughs> took out Saddam. Like that's the best case. Okay, well, we're not setting the bar very high. No. Um, and then these other places that they cite as success stories are very often uh, multicultural, like Indonesia, for example. Like I want to see a place where Islam has the power that it, and it's flourishing. It, it just doesn't exist. And well, there's a reason nobody, like, you know, Trump won. So it's a great time to go move there. Nobody's moving there. Nobody wants to. No. Well, in, in even Indonesia, as you mentioned, there are people being publicly lashed. They're still using yeah. these barbaric ancient uh, punishments, publicly lashed for having relationships that weren't set up by their parents, right? Or, you know, yeah. for having sex outside of marriage or, or whatever. Uh, they're being publicly lash for things that we take for granted as personal liberties, right? Yeah. So but if that's the Islamic success story, then I don't want to see, I don't want to see that success over here, certainly, right? And there's uh, there's such delusion on the left about this too. Like I remember, so Sally Cohn talked about this over the summer, Paul Begala and Bill Maher's show talked about this because the point you're making is is exactly right. I mean, we talk about in this country, I mean, the, the debate's over, the, the policy is over, but maybe there's still some debate about whether we should have gay marriage or not. And that's about the extent, and maybe there's some isolated instances of like homophobic hate crimes or something, very rarely, but that's about the extent of it. And you have these people like Sally Cohn and Paul Begala saying, they're saying that if Republicans had their way, they would kill gay people. Paul, Paul Begala said that on, on Real Time this summer. Uh, like how how many Republicans they were talking about Islam like well yeah but the punishment for homosexuality in something like a dozen Islamic countries is death yeah and his response was well yeah but if Republicans had their way I mean that would be that would be the way it is here oh okay I I wasn't aware that my Republican friends want execution mm. for homosexuality never heard that one never no. heard of that one no it's ridiculous nobody's debating that nobody is debating whether homosexuals should be killed or not. The the worst thing I've seen in the debate is uh, people trying to do conversion therapy, which is yeah. total nonsense. But like that's the worst thing. They're like inviting people to to go up by their own will to get yeah. conversion therapy. And so that's the worst thing that's happening as opposed to like slaughtering them. Right. Yeah, and that's an important nuance that you put on that. Cause I, I am certainly no expert on this issue. I would say like on a surface level conversion therapy sounds like craziness to me like nonsense yeah um but even in the case of mike pence which is the person that they always advocate that they always reference um and in a lot of these other people even if these people might believe in that that what they're actually for is more nuanced and exactly what you hit on it's like people should be free to pursue therapy options if they want to pursue them mm -hmm. and that's really the argument I, I i'm not aware and i i believe i don't believe that mike pence has ever said uh because i as, as i recall i looked into it snopes has a whole article on it too mike pence had said um 
he basically wanted to fund, he wanted federal funding available for these therapy programs generally. And no, not that people would be forced into them, just that they would be funded and available. And they have extrapolated from that. Mike Pence wants to like force you into a a concentration camp where you will be electrocuted and (laughs) made not gay. Yeah. The nuance is not a friend of the the current left. And I hope that it will come back because uh, we were talking about straw man earlier. Like that is (laughs) all of this is just wild straw manning. It's based on a nugget of truth, but it's exaggerated to a point of unidentifiability basically. Mm. It's kind of kind of like fake news, right? It's all (laughs) fake news. That's, I mean, watching the, one of my favorite things to talk about this year was just, um, was just media bias and how ridiculous the coverage was of this election. And I think that's a lot of the reason why Trump was put into office and why I became more sympathetic to him over time. It's like, I don't like the guy, but you guys are just lying about him straight up over and over and over again, completely mischaracterizing him. So I'm forced to defend him because you're being, because you're treating him so ridiculously. So so you've seen the media scramble on a lot of these things. And that is the latest line. Exactly what you said. Oh, it's fake news. Oh, well, all of these places, all of these alternative media sources that are rising quite well as the mainstream media declines. Oh, that's fake news. Yeah, it says the people who lied about everything. The, my favorite lies of the summer, media lies of the summer. Did you see when there was the Milwaukee riot after that uh, one guy? So it was a black guy shot by a black cop. And there's big Black Lives Matter riots. And the sister of the guy who got shot was screaming in a group of people, don't because they were burning stuff down in the city and she was saying hey don't burn our stuff down mm. don't burn this stuff down and cnn said the sister called for peace oh don't burn this don't burn this down and then they cut it and what they cut was the very next part where she said go to the suburbs and burn their bleep down <laughs> go there burn that down they they cut that out so and you can't say they missed it it was literally you had to splice it at that exact point to mm-hmm. omit that. So there was that lie. That was insane. And the one that just really pissed me off was uh, Trump talking to a group of veterans um, sometime in, I, I want to say August, maybe September. He did a whole uh, like conference with veterans, a veterans advocacy group, and took questions, spent an hour plus just taking questions from veterans, talking about whatever they wanted to talk about. And somebody asked about how to get funding for um for veterans mental health issues and he made the comment look this is very important to me there you know talked about it at length and then said uh you know and it's so tragic that so many of our young men and women have seen terrible things and you know you guys in here you might be strong maybe you are i don't know some of the some of the people can't handle it and and take their lives or suffer or things like that and it was such a small piece of it and such a huge conference that he spoke to at length and they took out that little snippet and said, Trump says vets with PTSD are weak. What? And that was the headline. That's it. eh? And that was the headline. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so infuriating because it's just a mischaracterization of what he meant, but also like, look at the, the dude just spent an hour plus talking about vets issues. And if you're a journalist on the scene there, Maybe you say, hey, vets, this is what vets care about. Here's some vets issues that these guys maimed in war, by the way, mm-hmm. um, want to talk about. And here's what Trump had to say about it. Uh, that would actually amplify their message and put some more eyes on the things that they want to fix. 
Yeah. Instead, they distort it into this anti-Trump thing that's just a distraction. I mean, how are we helping? You guys say you're, we're protecting vets by running this headline because Trump says they're weak. Well, you've just drowned out everything they had to talk about. Everything they've had to talk about. You've drowned out veteran issues with your anti-Trump bias. And, and you're claiming to be helpful to veterans. Just disgusting. I, I, it just pissed me off. Like, rarely do I get angry, <laughs> especially about stuff that's like not in my personal life. That one actually pissed me off. Yeah. And it creates, it creates distrust as well, right? Like when you're looking at the news, you're like, is this true? What have they cut out? What have they left out? What part of the story am I, I'm not, am I not hearing because they want me to see only a certain perspective or to slag somebody, yeah. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, and I wonder, another thing I wonder about, um, because it's it's much easier to catch them like the cnn lie about the sister called for peace well it's very easy to catch that because someone was there with a cell phone who recorded the whole thing so you can see it and it's posted to youtube you can find that a lot of these things it's it's much easier to fact check you know your evening news or your morning news on tv now because information is so widely available so i don't know i i swear the media didn't used to be this biased but i wasn't able to check it as easily either so have they gotten crazy and worse or is it just that they're much easier to check? I mean, if, mm. if they've been lying on this scale for for the whole time, I mean, I don't know. Just imagine the implications on history and that sort of thing. And just how, how much have we been wrong about over time? Interesting yeah. to think about. It is interesting. Yeah, no, it's just, they had a monopoly for a long time and they, they no longer have a monopoly. Yeah. Uh, anybody can be their own journalist and anybody can be their own uh expert on topics and you know there's a lot of unfortunately there's it's multiplied the bullshit too but there's also lots of good stuff there as well that you can fact check so and the the truth has a is pretty powerful in its rise you know i mean i i will grant and they're they're a bit about fake news there's a there's a kernel of truth in that too and there are there are legitimate there's like a guy who made a bunch of money writing actually fake news story i mean it was yeah. a thing yeah well, it's like all but, the hoaxes or even the story you gave to the lady who didn't do any fact checking Right. Yeah. So. But but the, the but the truth is powerful. You know, like if you put these garbage things out there and force them to compete with the well researched, well scrutinized pieces of work, those tend to rise mm-hmm. because I think most people are yeah, appropriately skeptical when they when they consume these things. I think people ask questions in their head and think, well, something about this doesn't add up. And if you have another piece out there that explains it from an alternative perspective. That stuff, I think, tends to rise. I don't think, um, I don't know. Pe- and people don't like liars. You know what I mean? Like if, if there's somebody I listen to or watch who's been caught in a lie, like for instance, this this person who published that story we sent, I, w- I would never read one of her articles now and not apply a, a huge amount of scrutiny to it and mm. not be extremely skeptical. There's, and that doesn't mean people can't make mistakes. Like if she had replied to our email and been like, oh my gosh, big mistake by me so sorry got rid of it okay i can't be that mad lesson learned you know i i make mistakes everyone makes mistakes just own up to it but if you're gonna lie and then double down or lie and then kind of just leap, sweep it under the rug until no one's talking about it anymore never trust you again why would no. i no i think there's a lot of well i don't think people would listen to her at all at this point or the ones who saw the story in any case but anyways matt we're coming to a close here Thank you very much for coming on the show and for providing your insights. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Time went by quickly. Yeah, yeah, very quickly. 
And uh, thanks everyone for watching. I'm Eddie Baller and this is uh, Matt Christiansen. Mm -hmm.